Well, I hope uh, as the Scarborough family makes their way up front, um, y'all can just have a seat wherever you're comfortable up here. And I hope what you're able to see this morning is a little bit of flavor of things that are happening all throughout the life and ministry of this church, some of which you may never see. And I want you to know that although we spend a lot of time thinking about what we do here on Sunday morning and the message that's preached behind this pulpit, it's not the most important thing going on. That there are plenty of important things that are happening as it relates to the life and ministry of this church. And each of you has an important role in what that looks like. Um, We all have a part to play. And I hope you got a chance to see a, a few of those parts this morning and what it looks like in the life and ministry of this church. We're going to have the opportunity to hear from Stan and Amanda Scarborough and their son Banner this morning, and this will be the highlight of the morning, I'm certain. But I want you to have a chance to meet them and to hear a little bit about their story, and uh, hopefully from their story, be able to appreciate the significance of what we do in life as a community, as a body of believers here at Melanie Park Church. So Stan and Amanda, I'll let y'all introduce your family first. Well, I'm starting out. I want to tell y'all we have notes because we are also emotional people and Kleenexes. So, um, <laughs> 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 with you. So if we're, we're just trying to hold it together about, right huh? here. So, um, so I'm Amanda. This is my husband Stan. We've been married 19 years. We met and got engaged at CD Canyon Church Camp. Uh, you, we uh, we have three kids. I want to tell you uh, need to tell you a part of our story that relates to a lot of our lives and. Um, so this is Banner. He's our, he's our firstborn kiddo. He was born um, after we'd been married about four years. And uh, we, we decided we wanted to give him a Bible name. So we went through the Bible, and we looked at all the kind of traditional things, and we just decided they weren't, they weren't the right fit. One day I was reading about uh, the banner of the Lord. So people always say, you know, did you name it his banner over me, his love? No, it's not it, although that's great. Uh, we named him after Psalm 25, and it says, we will shout for joy when you are victorious, and we will lift up our banners in the name of our God. And we did not know at that time how meaningful um, that was going to be in our life. His middle name's Jay, which means victorious, so our, we named him that. So people, hopefully when they saw him, they would see the Lord. They would, they would gather and rally around the Lord when they saw him. So um, when Banner was a newborn, he really struggled to gain weight, and he had a lot of digestive problems. And so for months, I would go every week, three times a week, to, to have him weighed and tried all things to get him to gain weight, but he couldn't. And um, he, he got labeled failure to thrive, which is kind of hard when you have a, a little baby. And um, we kind of did this initial cystic fibrosis screening, and he came back uh, that he was just a carrier. And we thought, okay. We dodged that bullet because I'll tell you in a minute, but it, it's a big deal. And uh, so he just kept kept having problems, kept having problems, and we eventually went to a, a bigger cystic fibrosis center, and um, they tested for just a broader range of things, and uh, and we found out he had it. And so on July 11, 2004, Banner call, uh, Stan called me from the office, and he said, uh, "Yeah, he's he's got it." It was three words, and it, I remember just sitting down and uh, just feeling devastated. So, so that you know what the depth of that is, is that uh, cystic fibrosis, sorry, I'm shaking. I'll get it calmed down in a second, but um, it's a genetic disease. It's life-shortening, it's progressive, um, and it's caused by a malfunction in the sodium chloride channel at the cellular level. So y'all can go look that up later. But um, it's a big deal, and uh, it affects every major organ in the body but the heart and the brain. Um, at the time he was diagnosed, the life expectancy was 32 I was 26, so 
that was a really hard pill for us to swallow initially. Um, but we sort of worked on a day-by-day basis, and we, we did what the doctors told us, and we didn't really research a lot because it it's hard um, to read about that stuff. So now he's 15. He's a golfer. He's a hunter. Um, he's super compassionate and sensitive. He's a fighter. You know, many of you know him well. And some of you don't, but, man, that kid gives it all he's got. He's enthusiastic, and he, he lives his life with great enthusiasm. So Banner was diagnosed, and then two weeks later, I found I was pregnant with my beautiful daughter, Hope, back there. <laughs> Those girls are a big part of our story, too. So this was really hard because this is a gen- genetic disease, and uh, we had some really bad advice from doctors and really had to just uh, walk through faith through that pregnancy with her because we didn't know if she was going to have it. So her name comes from Romans 5, 3 through 5, that says, We rejoice in our sufferings because we know that our sufferings produce perseverance. And perseverance, character, and character, hope. And hope does not disappoint us. So that uh, little 13-year-old girl back there, she is a, she's a dancer at Christ in the Arts. She loves to hunt, especially turkeys. Um, she recently started playing volleyball. She's creative. She's driven. She's very observant. And when we are stuck in the hospital, she's our, she's our liaison. She carries all the, all the big info to our people. So um, she's our, our kids are named for a reason, and she is just a constant reminder of, of the hope that we have. So several years later, we decided we thought we might want to have a third kiddo. But again, with Hope, I was already pregnant with this diagnosis. So the third time around, we had to really decide, is this something we want to do or not? Because we knew it was a possibility. And uh, we, we knew that we really had to be at peace with having another one, whether she had it or not. And so, um, so we have another little girl. She's, she's 11. And um, her name's Lily. And uh, her name came from Matthew 6, where Jesus is talking about that we need to not worry about all these little things in life, that we have to trust him. So see how he clothes the lilies of the field. And if he does clothes them this way, how much more will he take care of you? So she's our reminder that he takes care of us and that he's trustworthy. Um, and just so you know, neither, neither of our girls have CF. But uh, anyway, Lily likes to make slime. Um, she also dances. She's, she's crafty. She enjoys life. She's like a lily of the field. She just blows with the wind and has a great time doing it. Um, she's generous and helpful. Page two. So one of the things that we wanted to do is uh, give you a chance to hear from Banner himself and uh, a little bit of his testimony. And uh, he shared with me when we had a chance to visit that James is a particularly important book to him because his life verse comes out of the book of James. So I'm going to let him speak to that. So Banner. Okay. So I've always believed in God. Um, I asked Christ in my heart whenever I was about six years old. Um, I've always grown up in the church. I've believed all the big Bible stories. I especially like David and, David and Goliath, um, but he really wasn't real to me or personal until I was about 10 years old um, through a life experience in the hospital. Um, I was put into the hospital for a low function, low lung function due to CF. Um, I was not doing very good, and I was slow, slowly declining, um, but it really took God to intervene in my life for me to be able to see that he's there and personal, and he's at work in everybody's life. Um, during the hospital stay, I was at the lowest point of my life. Um, I was struggling through. I was discouraged. I was super sick. Um, I was depressed. Um, I was left out and just excluded from my normal life. Um, and I was tired of just being in the hospital. Um, I asked, me and my dad asked God to specifically show me that he cared to me. 
even though I had CF. Um, and God hey, specifically hey answered these so, prayers. So we were reading a book, a James Dobson book, and what happened in that book is we came to a point where Dobson asked the question, um, are you really, do you really feel important to God? And um, he, Dobson had been in scenarios with children in hospitals where he had seen families torn apart as a result of struggling or disabilities. And, and Banner looked at me and he said, Daddy, do you feel that way about me? And we sat there, we sat quietly, and I said, no, Banner, I don't. Banner was feeling at the low of low of his life, and I said, I don't feel that way about you. He said, does God feel that way about me? So we decided to pray. God, we need you to make yourself known to Banner in a way where he knows that he's loved by you. So you pick up. Um, and so we prayed for probably, we just sat there for probably an hour and prayed. Um, and so the next day, um, we woke up to another, this long, hard day. Um, but we... So powdered eggs and greasy bacon and biscuits. Yes. In the hospital. hospital. Disgusting. Um, but God specifically answered these prayers um, the next morning at a, probably before noon. Um, and we, it was just a direct answer. We knew that it was God. Um, um, it was, I mean, I got to go on a hunt, and it was um, God showing me that he loved me and that he cared and that he knew me. Um, so that was a really neat um, answered prayer. Um, and just in a little bit, this is just how I became a strong believing Christian. Um, but, and then I think faith is important for perseverance. Um, because faith gives you something to look forward to. Um, I mean, not each day is a given, but, I mean, with God, it doesn't matter if it's a given. Um, you're always going to wake up knowing that he's going to be there for you um, and just leave each, live each day with you. Um, I know that someday I'm going to be healed. Um, I don't know if it's going to be in this life or the next, but that's something that I get to look forward to. I know that my life is going to be changed someday. Um, it doesn't really matter when. It just matters that he's there and that I keep the faith um, so that I could have that someday. Um, and I know that Jesus wins, that he's overcome the world. Um, it's not that I'm glorified like the kids' lesson, but it's that God's glorified and that he gets the all glory through the testimony and the hard times. Um, and my favorite verse is James 1.12. Um, Blesses the one who remains steadfast in your trial. For whenever you stood the, um, whenever you stood the test, he received the crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. Um, I think this verse is really applicable to my, to my life um, because it shows that um, it's just not all for nothing. That whenever you stand the test and you keep the faith, that you're going to get the crown of life, and that's. What we're ultimately working towards. So, as if you couldn't tell, Banner is a remarkable, remarkable young man, and uh, he has an incredible influence on not just kids his age, but adults like me, um, and his testimony. 
one of the reasons that we wanted you to hear from the Scarboroughs is because although they have seen God, and that's a great example that day whenever you weren't sure you were going to make it out of the hospital, you asked the Lord to reveal himself, and you were able to walk away being able to have a, a memorable experience with your dad going hunting and something that you'll, neither one of you will ever forget. And there are those moments, and they are necessary to uh, encourage you to continue on, but they're also the reality of hard moments. And uh, just because you trust in Jesus doesn't mean life is easy. Um, in fact, it means that even though life is hard, you have something that you can rely on that's bigger than yourself. So I'd love for you guys just to speak candidly about some of the hard things that you guys have been through and how you've seen uh, the church and, and the Lord come alongside you guys in those moments. Um, so some of the main like hard things, um, one of them, the big one is fear. Um, just the fear of hospital stays because they're they'll wear you down um i've been in the hospital 19 for 19 days two times um and that just it's just a fear of going back um another one is just dying at an early age um knowing that you may not live to your 40s or your 50s um it's just a scary thought so um i live each day trying to um just soak it all in don't try to leave anything there left um and then to see if it would reduce my quality of life. Um, but I get to miss out on things. And um, it's, just a, it's just a struggle knowing that not everything's a given. Um, being treated as weak, um, that's one that is really personal. Um, I'm not a weak person because I have CF. Um, CF is probably what's made me stronger. It's made me who I am today. Um, and then being left out. Uh, my friends are really good at not leaving me out whenever I'm in the hospital, but it is still there. It's still really hard to stay connected to your friends and um, be there for your social life. Um, one of the other problems is we have a lot of questions. Um, one of them is that, does God really care for me the same way he cares for other people without disease? Um, it's, just, it's just hard because like, sometimes it feels like he shows favoritism to some others. Um, but I really think that God loves me just as much as he loves anybody else. Um, does he still want the best for me even though I have this? Um, yes, I think he does. Um, it's just, yeah, I think he definitely wants the best for us. Um, it may be shown through different ways. Um, it may have to, may have to get the message across different, in different ways. Um, but he definitely wants the best for us in my, in my opinion. Um. Why me? Why do I have to be the one to say to fibrosis? Um, I think that God gives the hardest problems to his strongest people. Um, so that's one, um, one thing that I believe. Um, but it's still hard to get past the thought that he has cystic fibrosis. Um, and how can a loving God let people uh, have bad things like this? Um, whether it's you losing a family member or having a disease, um, God's going to give you something out of the hard times no matter what the problem is. Um, I think these bad times are often necessary um, to, get, to get a message across. Um, and then there are some harsh realities like depression. Um, is living a life with CF worth it? Um, I've thought that several times in the low of my lows. Um, 
depression is a big thing for me um, with cystic fibrosis. Um, missing out on things that I've wanted to do, like playing basketball. I played that last year, and I hated it because <laughs> I was running ladders all day for, for, all, for a whole practice for two hours. Um, just waking up and knowing I'd have to struggle for two hours is just, it's not worth it. So that's one thing I have to kind of just let go. Hey, hey man, tell them about the whistle. Tell them what you think about the whistle. So I hate the whistle. And <laughs> I strongly believe that. It's just terrible because no, nothing run. good comes from a whistle. When the whistle blows, what does that mean? Ladders and bass lines. <laughs> nothing good comes from a whistle. That's his yeah. motto. Um, yeah. So, and then another problem is you lose connections to people. Um, we've already talked about that one a little bit. Um, and if you don't know this, but I have to do about three hours of breathing treatments a day. Um, I have to wake up at the crack of dawn to do a breathing treatment. So I'm hooked up to a machine and a little green chair in our living room for about an hour and a half every morning and evening. Um, and I have to take about 25 pills every day for digestion, um, protection against infections and other related issues. Um, and there's a lot of pain and anxiety for uh, going into procedures that are into play. Um, I, f I got my first pick on whenever I was about seven years old, and that was, I was scared. I'd never had anything like that. I'd never been sedated or um, had, any, had anything similar to that. Um, so that's just an anxious thing going into. Um, and there's just a lot of extra time that you have to put into each day to be healthy, and that's just kind of hard. I think just as parents, we are constant. Like every time I hear a cough or a sneeze, we're very, uh, very, uh, we're very sensitive to that. With you have to constantly be watching illness, constantly on antibiotics. We go to the doctor a whole lot. Um, this kiddo puts in so much effort just to do what's required of normal life because he has a lot of stuff he squeezes in. You don't just squeeze in three hours. You don't just drive to Abilene every day um, and still make everything else work so that that affects our whole family our girls our girls um help with that um it creates some isolation a lot of times just feeling like you may be the only one going through something like this we've been really fortunate to find some people um with this in common um we feel very isolated um uh, those times that we've been in the hospital um it's hard it's so hard and those of you i mean we all struggle in life. The uh, Bible even tells us that you're going to struggle. In this world, you will have problems. Um, so it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when you're going to struggle. Um, Banners hits him square in the face every morning about 545 because he has to start his day before most kids are they're, they're up. Um, it's just hard uh, when we're when he's struggling. It's hard to return to everyday life, um, so th that that really is a battle. Um, when he's been in the hospital, we call it crawling out of the hole. Uh, we're we're fixing to to jump into that next, so we'll explain what crawling out of the hole is. Yeah, well, and I think one of the things that we wanted you to hear is some of the reality of what folks in our church face every day, and what we can do to come alongside folks who are in hard places so talk a little bit about what it means to crawl out of the pit so to speak um so one example of crawling out of the pit um so i had this family friend brock barnes he's pretty awesome um he had just had this awful concussion and he was not doing very well 
Um, so we were sitting in the hospital room. There was this two dudes sitting in a dark room talking. Um, and so, couldn't open his eyes or look yeah, around. Yeah, so he had his sunglasses on. We were talking. Um, and we were able to relate, each other, relate with each other through those hard struggles um, and through those hurts. Um, we were able to build relationships. Um, we were just able to relate, and that was a big thing. He was able to open up to me, and I was able to open up to him about hard things, and we really grew a bond, um, and that was really special. So, One of the things that I've recognized about Banner is how sensitive he is to the needs of other people, as if he doesn't have enough of his own needs to care for every day. He was recently at a student ministry camp retreat and, and heard Chase Hoodenpile share a little bit of his story of having been diagnosed with type 2 diabetes, and Banner said, I think I have something to offer him because I know what it's like to struggle with something that you have to learn to live with. And nobody told him that. He just has grown with an understanding of what it means, having been through hard times, to care for those who are going through hard times. So why don't you all speak a little bit to some of the good things and some of the not-so-helpful things, although maybe well-intentioned, that people have done along the way just to help us out in learning how to care for people like, like this. So, uh, and I just want to thank many of you who have uh, come alongside us as a body of Christ. Um, and, and one of the things that really helped us along, and I think it's something that we can all learn from, is that when somebody's struggling or suffering, I want to encourage you to go into their space. You may not want to. You may feel completely awkward doing that. But it is so helpful to push into to their life at the moment. Even, the, even though you don't want to, you're not going to know what to say. That's okay. You don't Really, words aren't going to help. Um, but choosing to enter into that pain and suffering of that family or that person is so important. Um, I can't tell you the, the number of times that we had people come to the hospital room where, you know, we're there night, last few times, 19 days at a time, and we played more games of pickup sticks, more and more games. And you know what? It's kind of become the thing. That's what we do. We're like, oh, we're going to the hospital. Let's get our pickup sticks. Um, those who have brought ice cream cones or who have gone by Sonic, they call and they say, I'm going by Sonic. I'm bringing you something. What do you want? That's more important than saying, is there anything I can do for you? Well, you're, it's so hard to ask for help. And so I want to encourage you to press into somebody else's space by saying, I'm doing this. What do you want me to get for you? Um, the Martins, I don't know if the Martins are here or not, but they, they went above and beyond this one time. And he cooked steaks at his house, went by Torchy's Tacos, picked up the best queso in town, and brought this thing called Steak Tampico, which we had never even heard of before, and brought silverware and plates from their home and watched us eat it. It was humbling at the same time as kind of awkward and beautiful. We will never forget that. I want to add to, he's had friends, and they, there's several of them sitting right over here. We've got people in this room, so we're like so eternally grateful. You just have no idea. They've brought waffle irons, they've brought syrup and butter and whipped cream and berries and bacon and sausage and eggs, and, and uh, they've they, crawled up in the yeah, bed with him. They crawl up on the, in the bed and they play games. 
while he's hooked up to machines, and they um, they just love on him. And watch movies. And watch lots of movies. Yeah. Um, one thing that uh, you said speak to the good and the bad. I think um, one thing that's important when somebody's suffering is that we've had a, have a lot of grace in this area because people say things. Um, I think we always feel like we need we need to say something or we want to address something, and often it's just not very helpful. And we've had to really look at words as the intent behind them and not the words themselves, if that makes any sense. I'll, I'll never forget it. Russell Thomason, you probably don't remember this, but before Banner was officially diagnosed, we prayed at our house with a group of people for a couple of hours, like just solid prayer. And at the end of that, Russell came up and he said to me, I mean, I don't really know what to say to you about this, but I'm really sorry that you're doing this. And I still use that to this day. I said it just yesterday at a friend who buried her son. I'm really sorry. I don't have the words, but I'm really sorry. And so you won't, you won't have the right words. Um, and you really don't have to offer advice or feel like you have to, to relate or connect your story to theirs necessarily. Just be present and just acknowledge maybe the hurt or the pain of that. That was 14 years ago, Russell. 14. And, and Amanda still remembers it, so thank you. And I used it yesterday. Let's just kind of uh, finish up by talking about how you've seen God's hand at work in the midst of the hard times and just, uh, I think, in light of even what Bruce said this morning, make his name great. Um, so God has um, just, like, things that he helps us with. is just, like, answered prayers. Um, those are just simple things that he's at, at work. Um, he builds fruit. Fruit is a big thing that I think he does um, during struggling like Bruce, um, how he was humbled. Um, and God has shown me so many things through struggling. Um, I think that's where he's, he turns, um, uh, there's some song, but it says he's turning dust into diamonds or something. Um, he creates. I think that's the Eagles. <laughs> uh, no, it's not the Eagles. Um, but, like, God has given me so much. He's given me a perspective for life, um, right? He's, just, he's shown me so many things through that. He's brought our family together, um, and he's shown me how to appreciate the small things, like getting to wake up and wake up in my own bed, um, not have to have some nurse picking around my IV or anything, um, get to have a homemade meal at our house, um, get to pet my dogs. Those are just some small things. Um, I think one big thing is he's given me a heart for those who are hurting. Um, I've always kind of had one, but I've had a compassionate heart. Um, I just, it just hurt. I just hurt for people who are struggling because I can relate to them. I can, I know what they're probably thinking and, um, and I can relate to people and maybe help them through that. Um, so that's one way that God has kind of shaped my character. Um, Um, I think one of the things that we've we are continually reminded of is that, and, and many of you know the same thing. When you struggle, when you suffer, um, it's all back. It brings life back into perspective of what's really most important. Because in the big scheme of life, in the big picture of what God's really after, is the Father really wants us just to be drawn to Him, and He is okay using suffering and struggling as an avenue to draw you back to him. 
He's so okay with it, he did it with his own son. And I think we need to be reminded that, that suffering can, it, it can, it can be, a, it, it is a burden to bear, but at the same time, we, we can choose to grow from it. Um, that fruit that can come, the good fruit that can come from that, it, it just gives you an eternal perspective on life. And it, it shows you what really is most important. And it's not getting an A or a B on a test. It's not about making a little bit more money. It's just not. It's really about knowing Christ and loving people along the way and uh, bringing as many people into the kingdom along with us. That's what's most important. You want to share? Yeah, so um, Todd asked us to really consider the Isaiah 40 um, in in talking about this. So he talks about weak and weary. And, you know, it's encouraging to know that we all grow weak and weary, you know, that we we all have a steady drip in our cup that can only be filled by the Lord. And so in all this, some good that comes out of it is that we know we have a hope. We know that we win this race. We know that we win the fight. We know that he will be in a second changed to fully breathing. Chris, that, the song about breath in my lungs, it just, it just gets us every time because when you not, we know we're, none of us are guaranteed the next breath. But man, just, just trusting that the Lord gives breath and gives life, um, brings light to the darkness. This struggle highlights that for us. That, that we, we don't have control over it. We didn't choose it. We can't really do much about it, but we have to walk in it. And so I just want to encourage you that even though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, literally, we don't have to fear. We don't have to fear that because we know, we know who wins. We know where our victory lies. Yeah, we know that God is, God's going to have a plan. Um, yeah, it may be walking through the shadow of the valley of death. Um, or whatever that says. <laughs> um, but that may be part of the plan. Um, but God's going to use the wounds and the scars. and the, He's going to use that as, in a story. Um, and I was reading this morning in 2 Timothy, and it said that God may use our story, our story to strengthen others. Um, and I thought that was pretty relatable. Um, but another verse that God showed me recently, um, that it just reminds me of that the struggles that we go through in this life are going to be worth it someday. Um, it's Hebrews 10, 35-36. Uh, it says, So don't lose your bold, courageous faith, for you are destined for a great reward. You need the strength of endurance to reveal the poetry of God's will, and then you will see his promise in full. So that's a verse that I've been um, just kind of thinking about lately. So, awesome. yeah. Y'all stay where you're at, because I want to take some time to pray for you guys. One of the reasons that uh, we take the time to do something like this is different than what we normally do on a Sunday. It's because you need to hear the story. And I hope that you're being challenged to do more than show up on a Sunday where you miss out on these kinds of stories by not engaging on a day-to-day basis with people in this room. You will be blessed by engaging with this family and hearing more about how God is at work in their life and in their remarkable son and in their incredible daughters who are amazing.
Um, but here's, let me highlight, I know we're running behind, and that's okay, by the way, um, just in case you're worried, because I'm not. <laughs> but there are three things that I want to affirm that I heard that we need to take away, and here they are. Truth, grace, and love. You've heard Scripture scattered all throughout their testimony. And you've heard them as anchors to which they hold to firmly in moments when their life seems shaky. The truth of God's Word is what grounds us in moments of suffering and pain, in hard times and in difficulties. And we have to have grace in the midst of that because no one in this room has all the answers and everyone in this room falls short. No one in this room has all the answers, and everyone in this room falls short. We are in it together. And in order for us to walk faithfully, we have to extend grace just as lavishly as we've received it. And then finally, we need to be committed to loving one another. We were created for community. This family will tell you they cannot make it outside of relationships represented in this room. That we were made by God to depend on one another. It is not good for man to be alone. We were created for community. So if you hear anything this morning, hear the importance of God's truth, the significance of God's grace, and the tremendous value of God's love. And I pray that it will motivate you to invest deeply into the lives of people in this church body, to go to hard places, and I love what you've said about not having to have all the answers, but your presence is all the words that you need to speak. Just be present. Love faithfully, and let's honor the Lord in that way. Let's pray together. God, I'm so thankful for Banner and Amanda, for Stan, for their sweet girls, Hope and Lily, and the incredible story of faith that we see being portrayed daily in their lives. Lord, I pray that this would be one of many stories represented in this body of believers who, in different ways, suffer with different things. We rejoice when, when someone rejoices. We weep when someone weeps. When one of us suffers, we all suffer. When one of us is honored, we all rejoice. We are made to be interdependent upon one another. We need each other because it reminds us how much we need you. So, Lord, please work through what we were able to do this morning and make it uh, significant in our lives as we trust in you for all that you've promised in our life. We pray this in your name. Amen. Thank you, guys.